0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Bite Size Nutrition Podcast. Today we are going to tackle a slightly different approach to goal setting and I want you to know right off the bat that traditional goal setting methods are not my cup of tea. I personally really struggle with them. I've worked with lots of clients that feel a lot of pressure to like set goals and then what happens if I don't meet them. And so we're going to talk a little bit about three different approaches that you can take to moving in a direction that you would like to move in, whether that is setting a specific goal or whether that is just looking at your overall approach or your identity around the things that you're looking to achieve. So I want to start out by doing a little bit of a flashback and... Actually no I want to start out by just saying thank you for being here because I started so we're almost at the end of 2022 and I started this podcast at the beginning of this year and I have since then created over 60 episodes and I don't know how many of them you've listened to maybe this is the first one. But I just want to say thank you. I want to say thank you to those of you that have sent me feedback on the episodes. Thank you to those of you that have shared the episodes. Thank you to those of you who have rated the episode. The ratings and reviews are just like thank you so much because that is how new people can find my show. So amazing. Thank you. And I cannot wait for what's to come. Okay, now we're going to do a flashback. We need a little flashback here to me at the age of 22. <laughs> it's very long time ago sitting in the back of the Lululemon store that I used to work at. So if you're familiar with Lululemon, I don't know where in the world you're listening to this, it is like very fancy overpriced yoga pants and I worked there right after college and it it was really transformative in many ways as far as the way that I thought about personal development even though there were some weird, weird things that happened there but that's a completely different podcast episode. So I remember sitting in the back room of the store that I worked at in La Jolla, California and being told that I had to finish up my vision board. I was surrounded by magazines, scissors, glue sticks, and probably eight other girls, all in their 20s, all decked from head to toe in brightly colored yoga gear. And they were all so motivated. They loved this idea of cutting out their dream homes and their dream husbands and, you know, their mm, degrees that they wanted to do and the workouts. And I just felt like a deer in headlights. This idea that I had to sit down and actually choose what I wanted to achieve in six months, a year. Five years from now, that felt so overwhelming and really uncomfortable. And through my whole life, I've never really been someone to set very specific goals or milestones. And it's not that I'm closed off to it, but I've just found that. What I want and the things I'd like to achieve are often fluid. I don't always want the exact same things at the end of a year that I want at the beginning. And some people might be like, well, you know, you just need to commit to something. Okay, cool. We're all here to do what works for us. And honestly, the fact that I am adaptable and am fluid in my approach is something I love about myself. But on the other hand, there is a little bit of a fear of does this rejection of setting very specific goals hold me back from focusing towards one thing and you know I, I wonder what could have I achieved what could have I achieved in the last five years if I had been like laser focused on what I wanted to do but on the other side I love my life I love what I do I love who I am and I'm continuously working on improving so we're going to talk a little bit about this later and kind of why I might have felt this way and why you might feel this way if you are someone that's like oh setting goals just feels weird. Or maybe you love setting goals. Maybe that's like you're all about that. But anyways, when I started reflecting on this and on why goal setting felt so tough for me, I realized it wasn't the goal setting itself. It wasn't saying I want to achieve this thing that was troublesome for me or that, that felt like a struggle. It was the traditional approach to how we are taught to set goals. For me, the thought that I have to choose exactly what I want when I'm going to achieve this thing and like what it looks like feels really constricting and it feels like it's setting me up to not be motivated towards something. It feels like it's setting me up to just like have things in, in a very rigid box and I don't like rigidity. That's not something that really works for me long term. I know this about myself and I do struggle to connect what I'm doing right now to what I might achieve in some, you know, 12 months from now future. And I was speaking to a new client the other day and she expressed something similar. She felt like she felt this resistance towards setting specific goals around her eating habits. And her reasoning was that she feels like setting a specific goal around her eating habits sets her up to be disappointed in herself when she fails. Because if she doesn't achieve the specific end goal, she feels pretty bad about herself. And that makes so much sense, right? We've grown up in this world that celebrates achievement over effort. Like who gives a shit what you've learned if you don't have anything to show for it, right? And so for those of you who maybe reject goal setting because you're worried about what happens when you don't achieve your goals or those of you that embrace goal setting but end up disappointing yourself, I want you to know that you don't need to prescribe to the traditional framework of goal setting. You don't need to do the whole SMART goals, the deadlines, specific time frames. That is something that you can opt out of if you choose to. As I mentioned before, you might be someone that loves goals, but what feels difficult for you is like, well, how do I manage not achieving a goal? And so today we are going to talk around goal mindset. We're going to talk about a different approach to moving in a direction that you'd like to move in and how to get kind of that inner critic out of the way so you stop beating the shit out of yourself when you don't achieve X thing on X day. And so I want to talk first about why it feels so terrible to set a goal and not achieve it even though really it doesn't change anything about our lives. It's like if I set a goal and I don't achieve it, it's like my life is the same. Like it's not like it's all of a sudden worse. It might be. Maybe there is a goal that that makes your life worse. I am not – one is not coming to my head right now. But – When you set a goal, in your head, there's probably two options for when that date that you've set the goal achievement to be done by, right? You either have achieved the thing or you have not achieved the thing. You either get the win or you don't get the win, right? And for those of us that procrastinate, maybe we're perfectionists or we're really all or nothing in our thinking, it feels like if I set a goal and I don't achieve it, I am a failure. And if… What I just said really resonates with you. Please go back and listen to episode number 60 because I think that you are going to get a lot out of listening to that episode. And the annoying thing about goal setting is like goals are so easy to set. You can literally say whatever the fuck you want. Whatever you think you should do, whatever like sounds cool, you can set that as a goal. Like everything is open to you, right? But the steps to reach those goals aren't clear. Even if you have a model, you might see someone you're like, they have exactly what I have. But even if you do exactly what that person did, you are not guaranteed the same result. And so when our steps aren't really clear, like it creates a whole nother level of, well, I feel like I'm making effort towards doing this thing, but am I making the right type of effort? But also I wanna bring up something that often we set goals that don't actually mean anything to us. Like we set goals that might be what we think we should want to achieve. But then we still carry the guilt with us of like, well, I set this goal and I didn't achieve it. And so I feel like shit now. But is it a goal that you even really wanted? Like how does that goal connect to what you want as a human, to what's important to you? And so maybe you've set a goal and you have this arbitrary date in your head of when you're going to achieve this. And maybe it's not arbitrary. Maybe it's like, A date, like you say, you're going to run a race and like the race is on a very specific date. So you can't really change that, right? And so maybe you have this perfect plan of how you're going to get to this goal. But the due date gets closer and closer and you're not where you would like to be in your process. And so what seemed like, oh my gosh, I have this perfect plan, maybe lasted a week or two. Maybe maybe it lasted longer than that. Maybe it lasted a while. But we don't usually give ourselves lots of alternatives or lots of flexibility or like understanding what structured flexibility looks like and we sort of just think of like this is how I'm going to do it. We don't think about all of the obstacles that are going to pop up along the way. And so you also end up only gauging your progress and only looking for motivation from extrinsic factors and this happens so much in nutrition and so much specifically in fat loss Where we're looking at like extrinsic things like I am motivated because my weight is going down but it's like well your weight is not going to change unless you are actually doing the behaviors that cause that change to happen so we need to be looking for intrinsic motivation. Anyways that's I think I have a podcast. I have a podcast on intrinsic and extrinsic motivation. I don't remember what number it is. I think it's like 32 I want to say. So anyways this whole path to the goal gets hard and you end up giving up. And so what happens? You take that as a failure. Like, I failed. I'm clearly not cut out for this. There's something wrong with me. And so, when you feel that way, maybe you just th- stop altogether. You completely throw in the towel. Maybe you're like, you know what? Screw this. I'm going to throw it away and start over. Or maybe you fit- pivot to something completely different. Maybe you end up in this hole of like, oh, I should have achieved this goal and I didn't achieve this goal. And here's all the things that means about me. And you try to avoid the discomfort and the shame that you feel for not reaching that goal and you take it really personally. And so I would ask, what if the process of working towards a goal was more about what you can learn about yourself along the way than anything else? And when it comes to nutrition, we see the same thing every January. And then I say we as in like this like a term, this we, like we, the coaches in this world, We see the same thing every January and it's people coming into the new year with motivation which is amazing. That's so cool that like January comes and you feel motivated to make changes and there's this sort of perfect plan, this perfect idea of what's going to happen, how I'm going to get my shit together, how I'm going to get in shape, how I'm going to tighten up my diet, blah, blah, blah. And at some point that perfect plan either hits a roadblock or it fails in some way and it feels bad. And part of the reason it feels bad is one, we're taking it really personally and two, we don't necessarily think about, oh, these actually are obstacles that are going to come up and if that does happen, then I will do this. And remember what I just said, the if and then, because I'm going to mention that later. And so plot twist, plot twist, reaching a goal is cool, sure, but in most cases, it's about what you did and who you became in order to get there. Especially when we're talking about personal development, nutrition, fitness, et cetera. And so I see it like this. The objective is not reaching a goal at any cost. It's to offer yourself a direction to move in to continue the process of becoming the person that you're trying to become. Your worth as a human is not contingent on you reaching some goal that you've set for yourself. And so there are two main things that can help you here and then we're going to go into sort of the three approaches. And so the two things that I think are really, really helpful, and these aren't the only two things that are helpful, these are the two things that I think are helpful that I think we're missing, and that is one, self-compassion, and that, and two, a growth mindset. And so you will hear a couple of podcasts from now, Dr. Karin Nordine, who is actually one of my coaches, talks about self-compassion, perfectionism, growth mindset, we have this incredible conversation that I've, we've already recorded that I cannot wait for you to hear, And recently I was listening to her speak on self-compassion specifically and she talked a lot about the difference between self-indulgence, self-pity, and self-compassion. And I sort of took this, digested it, and shared it with my clients in our client accountability group. And a few of them were like, oh my gosh, I just had like this crazy light bulb moment. So I'm going to share with you. And that is the difference between the three. So self-indulgence is like, no worries. You're off the hook. Bad behavior, not a big deal. You're off the hook things are hard. Self-compassion is bad behavior happened, now let's get curious about why. And self-pity is I'm going to excuse bad behavior because I feel bad for myself. And so this is important because self-compassion is not just being nice to ourselves. There is an element of self-kindness that's very important, but It's also acknowledging that we are not alone in our struggles, that we are human and struggling is a part of life. We're able to be mindful and practice curiosity about those struggles. And it also helps us hold ourselves accountable to the things we want to achieve because with self-compassion, we are looking out for our future selves and not excusing a rough patch and being like, oh, whatever, it's fine, not a big deal. We are supporting ourselves through the rough patch, Right? And so self-compassion and goal setting can look like adjusting for life challenges, knowing yourself well enough to know when to rest and when to push, and speaking to yourself like someone you love and care about. It is not calling yourself an idiot when you mess up. It's not comparing your progress to someone else's. And it is not saying that you are a failure because you didn't reach a goal. That's not very helpful. It's not very compassionate. And when we speak about growth mindset – I'm going to refer to this effort versus achievement kind of mindset I mentioned previously and when you adopt a growth mindset you're able to acknowledge and appreciate effort and learning even if you don't always like get the quote-unquote win and on the flip side of that so we have growth mindset and fixed mindset and a fixed mindset towards goal setting would be the either I either achieve it or I don't and achieving it is good not achieving it is bad and and there's no point in even celebrating effort because if I don't achieve it, it doesn't matter. You don't get points for effort in a fixed mindset. But when you adopt that growth mindset, and this is something that we talk about right at the beginning of The Confident Eater, right in the beginning of the of group coaching, we talk about this so that you can adopt a growth mindset as you adapt and understand the challenges in becoming a mindful eater and in becoming more flexible with yourself when it comes to food. And when you adopt that mindset, even if you don't achieve a specific goal, you can feel pride in everything you've learned along the way. And you can acknowledge that the skills, tools, and resources that have gotten you this far are a huge part in potentially starting over. And so while I've mentioned before, I don't ascribe to the SMART goals. So if you're like, what is a SMART goal? You can Google SMART, like S-M-A-R-T goals and see what I'm talking about. I don't set the typical SMART goals that everyone's yelling about, but... I do like these three approaches, and so let's break them down. Approach one, you can set a big goal and break it down into smaller quote unquote goalposts, And this is really, really helpful for maintaining motivation, but I wanna be clear that the way that most people do this is not helpful in in supporting progress. And the reason being is because usually we break it down, for example, here's an example. We would say like, I wanna lose 10 kilos, right? And so we break it down and we say, okay, cool, I'm going to lose one kilo a week for 10 weeks. And that's where we stop, right? But what we actually have to look at is like, well, yes, it might feel great to lose a kilo a week for 10 weeks, but what actually goes into that result? Like losing a kilo every week for 10 weeks is actually a result. It's not part of, like it's not the process. Does that make sense? And so what You want to ask yourself if you do choose this approach is not just like what are little milestones along the way that I can celebrate, but also what are the behaviors and actions that I need to put in place that are leading into these smaller milestones. And I mentioned before the if then statement, and this is a tool that is so helpful to support you in being flexible when inevitably we know, like we're not stupid, inevitably something is going to happen that makes progress difficult but we often, when we're in super like motivated mode, we don't think about it. And so here's a good example. If, I am un, if I'm unable to prepare my lunches for the week, then I will order meals from XYZ Place. This means that you've already taken a moment to consider what obstacles are going to be on the way towards each milestone, and you can set yourself up in advance to be able to pivot and practice flexibility with yourself and adjust if necessary. So the second approach to goal setting or moving in the direction that you wanna move in, however you wanna phrase it, is to literally identify the direction you wanna go in and then identify key behaviors, actions, or beliefs that are going to help you there. And this is my style. This is, I like to know, like, I'm moving in this direction, I don't necessarily wanna tie myself to a specific date, a specific outcome, and so I'll give you an example. This might look like knowing, hey, I wanna get stronger in the gym, But you don't necessarily want to, you don't necessarily care if it's like you get one pull up or you do a body weight back squat. You're just like, you know what? I want to know that I'm getting stronger at the gym. Cool. So obviously we're going to want to track progress in a certain way. But when we break it down and look at the behaviors, the beliefs, and the actions that are going to help you get there, you can look at, well, you know, I need to believe that I like going to the gym or I need to believe that going to the gym is not something difficult for me. I need to have some type of progressive overload training program that I follow and stick to you know X percent of the time. And so this can help you formulate sort of an idea of like well these are the things that I need to do and the the things I need to think on a regular basis but not necessarily putting this like hard end date on it which I like this because the end date is like when we die isn't it? Don't we want to like keep doing these things until until then? And number three – so number 3 is to choose your desired identity and break down who that person is. So choose who you want to become and then understand who is that person? How do they act and how do they think? And this is such a powerful behavior change tool because we inherently are going to act in accordance with who we believe we are. And this means like this can work two ways, right? Like if you tell yourself like I hate the gym then you are going to look for all the evidence you can both subconsciously and consciously to support that identity as someone that hates going to the gym. If you hate vegetables, like I used to hate vegetables. I used to literally pretend I was allergic to them. And I would find every excuse and like every reason I could to continue to support that identity. But what it also means is you can really take charge of how you do things. And so if you're able to adopt and understand the identity of the person who does or has what you're looking to achieve – and those beliefs, those behaviors, those actions, those habits associated with that identity are going to feel a lot less like, what the fuck am I doing? Like I feel like an impostor. I said impostor really weird there. And it's going to feel more like I do this thing because it aligns with who I am. And I wanna be clear here that at the beginning you might feel like you're just acting. You might be like, I don't believe this yet. That's okay. It's totally fine to be like, I'm trying to adopt this identity. I don't necessarily believe it yet. Don't worry about it. And more on this, I my very first podcast episode back in January of last year digs into sort of this concept a little bit more if you want to talk about it. And I probably speak on it a little bit differently because I've learned a lot over the last year. But what this can look like is, let's say you say, I want to be someone who eats vegetables regularly. And you can ask yourself, what does someone that eats vegetables regularly believe about themselves? What do they believe about eating vegetables? What types of habits does this person do day to day? How does this person speak about consuming vegetables? What types of skills does this person have? So maybe you've identified like, oh, you know, they have a bunch of like spices in their fridge or they have a vegetarian cookbook or, you know, they believe that there are so many different ways to cook vegetables. And as you continue to practice this, you're going to notice that it becomes easier and easier to become someone that eats vegetables regularly and you could pick anything, could be anything. And so with that, now you've got three approaches to growth for this year and I want you to know you you literally do not have to set goals if you don't want to. But if you're avoiding setting goals or looking at where you want to go because of this fear of failure or you're worrying like well what if I don't achieve them, I would ask you What is the self-compassionate approach to growth for you? And also, like, does it matter if you achieve it? Like, is your life going to be over if you set a goal and you don't achieve it? And if you put in the effort and work towards it and you learn things along the way, like, maybe that's just getting you closer to reaching that goal in the future. And I do want to say, if letting go of a dieting mindset and embracing a compassionate, flexible approach to your eating habits and how you feel about your body is on the docket for you in 2023... The Confident Eater is the program that is going to help you get there. And personally, this is, so I am sharing so much of the way that I became flexible with myself and built a better relationship with food with myself in this program because I remember that especially right around now, right around Christmas, New Year's, it was like a black hole for my diet and exercise habits. And every year I would promise myself I'm going to be good. I'm going to work out every morning before everyone wakes up. Only going to eat one treat per day. I'm going to reduce my carbs, whatever. And it usually fell apart by day one. And so January would come and I would be like, I got to get back on track. Perfect workouts, perfect eating habits, no sugar. I have to get rid of all this like fluffiness that I gained over the holidays. And personally, like I got pretty good at doing this because I was super strict, at least for a little while, but I also really struggled to let go and enjoy food and the experiences associated with it without eating way too much. And so the reason that I actually struggled with overeating and this black hole of of eating during the holiday and New Year's was not because I didn't have self-control. It was because I practiced too much rigidity throughout the rest of the year. And part of being able to break out of this cycle was to throw the I have to be perfect idea completely out the window. And it feels really good to know that I don't have to deal with post-holiday guilt, pressure to get back on it, all of those things. It feels good to know that I can be around and in a space with tons of tasty food and it's not something that I feel like I'm going to lose control around. It's something that I know that I can enjoy. I can engage with it. I can say no when I'm full. I can say yes when I'm hungry. I can overeat mindfully and know that like I'm not doing it because I'm worried that I'm going to restrict myself a week from now, right? Right? And so I do that by relying on my, the mindful eating habits that I practice all the time, on relying on my practice about unconditional permission to eat, and the ability to engage reframing and cognitive flexibility, which are some mindset tools that you're going to learn in The Confident Eater. And so I'll finish up right here, but I do want to say this, is that it doesn't matter if you're someone who can't seem to keep your eating habits on track, or if you're someone that's like, oh my gosh, I am so rigid, I need to be more flexible, because both of those things have roots in perfectionism and roots in all or nothing thinking. And so finding that middle ground is actually going to be helpful for both ends of the spectrum. And the Confident Eater, you can learn more about it if you go to bitesize.es backslash the-confident-eater. And if you're like, I don't remember that, don't worry. It's in the show notes. Um, you can go to bitesize.es and find it through my programs. And I will mention this before I wrap up. If you are considering joining us... Get your name on the waitlist because if you are joining off the waitlist, you're going to get $100 off of enrollment and know that joining the waitlist is not a commitment to join. You can join the waitlist and then later decide like, nope, not for me, not for me. But if you are on that list, you are going to get $100 off when you decide to sign up and you're also going to get the first access to the spots. So anyways, I wish you a very happy holiday season whether you are Jewish like me, Christian non-practicing anything, atheist, agnostic, Islam, Muslim, whoever you are, whatever you practice, I hope that you enjoy this time and I'm not going to say see you, new, see you next year because that's just like so lame but now I kind of want to say it and with that, thank you so much for being here, thank you so much for listening and I will see you again soon.